I would like to welcome everybody to the F.L. Smith interim report presentation. I'm today joined by Roland Anderson, our group uh, chief financial officer. And uh, if you look at the pictures, I look actually quite happy in the picture because I'm very pleased today that we can actually start to show and demonstrate some potential what we have for the F.L. Smith uh, performance in, in, the, in the coming months and years. Uh, and as, uh, that is especially visible in the legacy F.L. Smith uh, numbers. Roland looks a little bit more serious and uh, he knows that we need to still do a bit of a cleanup in the company. We set up the non-core business uh, segment. We need to do performance uplift for the former Tutsen Group part of the portfolio. And then, of course, we need to meet our synergy targets uh, uh, based on our commitment uh, already next year. Uh, pay attention to the forward-looking statements and caveats uh, here in the small print. The most important highlight of the quarter is that uh, mining service order intake grew by more than 50%. And out of that 53%, uh, 46 is from, uh, from FL Smith legacy business and then differences then from, from uh, uh, mining technology. That is very significant growth. And uh, why we are growing so fast is uh, twofold. Our supply chain works extremely well. We haven't had any major issues in our supply chain for spares and wares. Uh, at all. Customers are happy with our technical support and support at the sites. So closeness to customers, support of the operations and supply chain is supporting fast growth in the service business. And our service business line is up and running and, and uh, they have a great plans for the, for the long-term growth and performance. Then regarding adjusted EBITDA. Uh, for the quarter, it's 10.1%. Uh, From my point of view, it's a decent result, especially given the fact that uh, underlining uh, legacy FSU performance was around 12.1%. Uh, and the uh, TK numbers are diluting that profitability by two percentage points. And we have a plan for, for how to improve that performance. But that is demonstrating potential, what we have, not only for FL Smith part of the business, but the future of the mining business as a whole. Cement performance continued, as we've been forecasting and predicting. And it's nice, steady 3% EBITDA margin. And we also know that there's more potential in, in cement. But we've been de-risking cement, focusing on the pricing and profitability, and it's now yielding some early results. And a positive cash flow from the operations. One of the most significant decisions that we've done over the last couple of weeks was that we established new segment non-co-activities. And we will separate that fully from the core mining business and cement business. And we focus on exiting all the, all the product lines, all the businesses in that segment. We also committed to higher synergy target uh, 
of uh, five six uh, five sixty million DKK on a run rate, and reason for that was that we seen more synergies and more synergy potential from our fixed costs. Has to do with the organization. Has to do with the consolidation of the facilities. And we also signed our first sustainability-linked loan to support the, the financing of the company. The order intake in mining was extremely good, driven by the growth in the service. Capital, in my opinion, was still reasonably okay. We've been de-risking a lot uh, the capital business and all the new orders what we get in are with a higher margin and low risk. And also that uh, there's cyclicality between the quarters, timing of the orders, and we announced significant order in, in quarter four, which is uh, in, in, in public domain. So I have no concerns about uh, capital business growth. On the revenue side, again, service is driving the revenue growth and again, that is demonstrating our ability to deliver and, and how well the supply chain works. And of course, that is then supporting the overall profitability development as well. Mining EPITA, as I said in the beginning, uh, adjusted 10.1. And the adjustment uh, between reported and adjusted comes from the Russian-related wind-down costs, and then TK mining integration planning costs. It's good to also highlight that when you look at the reporting numbers, all the Russian wind-down and exit costs are visible in these numbers, which is tracking down the profitability a bit, but it's all visible here. While we uh, established a new reporting statement non-core, there has been questions about uh, the business case of the Thyssen Group acquisition. So the business case is solid and it's based on purchase price, integration cost and exiting NCA and then significant uh, annual uh, cost units and also that there's a lot of potential in pricing and a profitable improvement for remaining mining capital and service business. And our expected payback for the acquisition is around four years. Just a reminding you what we actually got from that acquisition. High pressure grinding of, uh, of FL Smith is the new generation technology. We are absolute market leader in this technology both for the historical install based and if I look at the, the orders over the last four years. And also that uh, I would like to highlight that uh, the most important installations for high pressure grinding typically are in the, in the hard rock, which means that it's more wearing application. And, and hard rock application is, is uh, copper and cold. And in those applications, uh, for example, we have 67 installations and the rest of the market is, uh, uh, is about 16. So we're actually leading 
globally in terms of install base and orders and especially in the orders of, of hard rock applications. New version of the high pressure grinding is uh, high pressure grinding what we call PRO. It's further improving uh, the uh, throughput capacity, energy savings and raw life compared to the previous version. And the positive thing with, uh, with this one is that you can do retrofit upgrade to all the existing installations where we are the market leader. In addition, what we got from Tusen Group acquisition is a leadership position in gyratory crushing, both for the Tusen Group uh, technology and, and uh, legacy FL Smith technology, and also in input crushing and conveying. Uh, and this also highlights importance that uh, it's not about any single product or any two products. It's important to have a full flow seat capabilities, meaning that you need to have all the products in the portfolio. And also sack mills, ball mills, depending on the application, depending on the ore, you need to have a full portfolio to optimize, optimize the, the mine process. And the ones uh, who are maybe older generation, uh, in the audience know the saying, what CS was saying in the US, that uh, if uh, we don't have it, you don't need it. So basically we have everything in the portfolio what, what any mining company can need for the, for the operations. Cement performance has continued at good level. And the mix between uh, service and capital is at a healthy level. Capital growth, 44%, service growth, uh, 4%. And the mix is still 64 for the service. And also in the capital order intake is mainly products, not projects. So we've done the same de-risking exercise for the cement, and it will yield over the coming uh, months and years then higher profitability and, and lower risk for the, for the business. So this is really healthy and good development uh, for, for cement. EBITDA uh, of 3% is sustainable as we forecasted. And uh, here if you look at uh, also the healthy development of the increased share of the service in the, in the, in the revenues, which will continue to support our profitability journey. So we also expect this to continue, and there's still some more potential in cement. A few words about the non-coactivity segment. Three first bullet points are the reason why we established this segment. We felt that the products included in the segment are of not strategic importance for the process flow sheet in the concentrated plant. Those products have no or very limited aftermarket potential. And all the product, all the product lines included here are loss-making. Uh, there was no viable commercial model to turn those around in the foreseeable future. These are all loss-making businesses that we are exiting. We don't take any new orders here. We are honoring uh, the, the obligations what we have under the contracts. And uh, we are winding down 
all the businesses as fast as we can, while there might be potential buyers for part of the business or part of the IPR, we don't know yet. But this is a business that we will exit over the next two or three years. Then looking at the backlog, uh, if we are splitting uh, the backlog in mining between NCA and continuing mining segment, there's a backlog of uh, 3.6 billion of DKK that will move into non-core segment and non-core organization. And that is coming half from F.L. Smith and other half from, from TK mining acquisition. But then if you look at the remaining uh, backlog for the continuum mining segment is extremely healthy. 40% of the backlog is service and also the backlog level of close to 15 billion is actually significantly higher than last year without the TK acquisition. So the backlog is at a good level and the mix is, is really good. Then I hand over to Roland. <clears throat> Thank you for that, uh, Miku. So having a look at the, the consolidated financial performance for the quarter, uh, revenue up by 21% uh, to 5.6 billion DKK, and uh, our gross margin moving forward by uh, 2.5 percentage points to 25.5%. Uh, and that all ends up in uh, an EBITDA of 5.9% uh, reported. If we adjust for cost of uh, one-off nature, integration cost uh, for implementing or integrating TK and also our Russian activity wind-down related cost of 70 million, uh, the group as such had an adjusted EBITDA margin of uh, 8%. If we move on and have a look at our gross margin, uh, the gross margin is developing uh, quite positively. Uh, in nominal terms, it's increasing uh, both on uh, Q3 last year and also Q and Q, and also the gross margin is uh, moving forward. And uh, on the right-hand side, we see that the gross margin improvement stems from uh, both our mining business and our cement business. As Miko touched upon, I think in mining, uh, the regional organization has done extremely well in pushing the service business in uh, close cooperation with our supply chain on a regional basis that has, has worked well for us in uh, Q3. On cement, the uh, gross margin pickup is uh, even more significant. It's a blend of uh, the reshaping activities from last year and also uh, continued focus on uh, product mix, our geographical footprint in first half, and uh, uh, a little bit the same medicine we take in cement with de-risking, uh, increase uh, focus on product sales and less uh, complicated projects that starts to sit in the uh, gross margin numbers. Our SDNA ratio uh, hits 18%. Uh, we have in Q3 uh, included the, the TK mining SDNA cost base. There's a few uh, uh, costs sitting here, obviously, uh, of one of nature, the integration cost of TK of 45 million. Certain wind-down cost activities related to Russia, 52 million, and we also have uh, some uh, currency a headwind in, uh, in this bucket. Our combined or consolidated uh, group Ibiza margin uh, also develops in a good way. Uh, 
we are seeing we see an underlying uh, adjusted EBITDA margin of, of 8%, uh, 8%, reported 5.9. And if we look at the right-hand side, last year in Q3 21, we had a reported EBITDA margin of 6.1%. Last year, we also have a little bit of acquisition uh, costs uh, related to TK planning, a little bit of uh, cement reshaping and other of 1%. So uh, Q3 last year equates an adjusted EBITDA margin of 7.5. Since then, we have increased revenue both in mining and also in uh, cement that has yielded two, two percentage points. We have increased gross margin, as we just touched upon, in both mining and cement of 2.5%. Now, including TK, as Miko mentioned, that's diluting our margin of 2% in the quarter for mining. On group level, that dilution is 1.5, as we put it here. Then we have extra costs in our SGNA bucket, and that leaves us with an adjusted uh, EBITDA margin of uh, 8%. Now, deducting our TK mining integration cost and also the wind-down cost of our Russian uh, activities, we ended up reported uh, EBITDA margin of 5.9%. Uh, uh, our networking capital ratio uh, is flat uh, compared to previous quarter, 9.2%, but improved from last year of 10.4%. Uh, networking capital on the right-hand side here is up by 365 million, of which uh, 296 is acquired from, uh, from TK. So uh, networking capital here roughly flat on the underlying business and uh, slightly positive actually from the, uh, from the TK uh, acquisition. And that yields us with a uh, positive cash flow uh, for the quarter. Um, CFFO from the group is 476 million. Then we have a small element of uh, investments and then the acquisition sum of 2.1 billion to, uh, to the TK group. And uh, if we uh, look at the free cash flow and adjust it for M&A activities, it was positive 433 billion million for, uh, uh, for Q3. And that also means that our capital structure remains well within targets, uh, equity ratio of 37%, and our uh, debt leverage ratio is uh, 0.7x uh, by the end of Q3, so out of the gate uh, with all uh, acquisition-related cash transfer to, uh, to TK, a leverage ratio of uh, 0.7. Then we are... <coughs> uh, uh, saying welcome to our uh, TK uh, colleagues, and uh, we have the first month uh, included in our PL September month, was the first month of ownership. It's a little bit of a special month, it's a standalone month. It's uh, the last month in TK's uh, financial calendar year, they do 3009 uh, financial calendar year. It's the first month under new uh, ownership, so there's a number of uh, uh, various. Uh, uh, cost and, and postings to this uh, EBITDA number that has to do with year-end and also with uh, costs related to transition into FL Schmidt. So uh, if we adjust for that, uh, uh, EBITDA margin underlying here is uh, more likely minus 5 to minus 8 or so as, uh, as we start out uh, from, from Q3. A few other key numbers here, cash transfer to TK 2.1 billion which is the uh, EV enterprise value that we have also former uh, disclosed, and uh, networking capital was 296. 
and TK generated 52 million in uh, in September, and uh, we welcomed about 2,000 new uh, colleagues in uh, the uh, FL Smith Group. Then we have also done the first cut on uh, our purchase price allocation, the uh, acquired balance sheet. This is uh, our preliminary uh, cut on that, and. Uh, According to the rules, we have up to 12 months to, uh, to fine-tune this. This is a good estimate on where we think uh, things should be, and there's a bit more detail on that uh, in our Q3 report under Note 9. And uh, then we are repeating our guidance for 2022, as we set it out on 20th of October 2022, when we uh, also announced that we would... Uh, break out our non-core activities in a separating, operating, and also reporting segment. And uh, this is a little, little complicated maybe, but <clears throat> uh, our mining uh, guidance here for the full year, uh, for the first nine months, includes all our mining activities, and for the last three months of the year, it's our uh, forward-looking uh, continuing mining uh, business only. But for the full year, we're guiding for that uh, segment 14.5 to 15 billion uh, DKK in revenue, an adjusted EBITDA margin of 10 to 10.5 percent, and an EBITDA margin of uh, around 7.5 percent in that uh, in that segment. Cement is uh, not impacted by our non-core uh, move of business, so. Uh, on the 20th of October, we were lifting uh, the top line guidance a little bit to six to six and a half billion for the year, and also saying that our EBITDA margin for uh, cement will be in the upper end of the previously guided range of two to three, and we are now guiding around 3% EBITDA margin for the year for our cement business. Our non-core activities uh, will be a segment that is effective from 1st of October, and uh, we expect to turn over about a uh, half a billion of uh, revenue in Q4 uh, in that segment, and we uh, also expect to post a loss of around 400 billion uh, DKK. This includes a, uh, a 300 million non-recurring exit costs for various uh, costs of legal and renegotiation, reshaping of the backlog, and so on. And if we add all that up for the group, uh, the group will post a revenue of 21 to 22 uh, billion DKK. We will uh, report around 6% adjusted EBITDA margin, and uh, our, our reported uh, EBITDA margin will end of around 4% for, for the year. And with that, I'll give it back to Miko. Uh, we are proud that uh, we were able to, to design the kind of a mission zero flow sheet for the, for the mining Kazakhstan. So we used all the competencies in-house uh, regarding how to optimize the, the mine flow sheet. So it's, uh, and that order was announced then uh, a couple of weeks back uh, in, in Q4, but that's really uh, kind of, a, uh, we are proud of that order, we are proud of that mine. And it has been also de-risk so that we focus on, on uh, delivering process technology. We also established a consortium uh, to look at uh, uh, reduce uh, CO2 emissions uh, in, in, in cement uh, together with the universities in, in uh, Denmark, Germany, Norway and a few other places. Regarding our, our KPIs, uh, uh, we are doing well regarding uh, scope one and two emissions. 
and, and, uh, and, and safety is improving, not yet at the target level, but compared to year and year. And, and, uh, and uh, we are not uh, happy with our target of, uh, of or we are happy with the target, but not happy with the achievement regarding women managers. So we are putting more focus going forward uh, of, of uh, diversity, and, and uh, that is not a development that we are proud of. But uh, all in all, uh, doing well regarding sustainability and and uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, developing a mission zero flow sheet for the for the mines. Then uh, I would like to welcome you all to the Capital Market Markets Day in, in January 18th in, in Copenhagen and, and uh, hopefully you can all join uh, to that event. And uh, then we go to the Q&A. And at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone. You may withdraw your question at any time by pressing star 2. Again, to ask a question, that is star 1. And we'll take our first question from Magnus Kruber with UBS. Please go ahead. Hi, Mikko Roland Magnus here from UBS. A couple of questions from me. And I thought, wanted to turn to the TK mining margin. And Roland already gave, already gave us a, sort of a good update on the so the underlying margin um, in, in, in the quarter, I think you said negative five to eight or something like that. And that's still quite a bit below the, the nine-month uh, average of low single-digit negative on EBIT that we talked about a couple of a couple of months ago. Is, is the sort of the um, underlying profitability deteriorating here? And, 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 and if that's the case, well, what, what's the reason for that? Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Magnus. And, and and as I said, now we are voluntary this uh, transparency, right? It's only one month. It's a little bit of a, a month with the, uh, a number of different postings. But I think the way we look at TK, we have acquired a, uh, a part of that business that is healthy and that we will grow. As Miko talked about, the service business and a number of the, the products, including the HPGAR. And then there's a part of this business that is significantly loss-making. And that part we will move to, uh, to uh, our non-core activities bucket as and from 1st of October. And then we will accelerate, on, as, a, as a third thing, accelerate our synergy checkout as we have communicated as, as well. So the, the big chunks here lies in, uh, in, uh, in the mix between service and then the loss-making NCA business. In, in terms of one month only, it's, it's not uh, reflective of, of, of any underlying uh, run rate. Okay, got it. So, but even if I calculate sort of the, what's implied on the profitability on the core TK business, it still looks like it's sort of low single-digit loss-making for the balance of the year. Is, is that right, or, or yeah. do I read too much yeah. into those, those that, numbers? Yes, that, that, that is absolutely right. Okay, got it. Perfect. Uh, and then um, I think also you mentioned in uh, in your report that you sort of focus a bit more on the on the um, on the products and services and so on in in uh, in the in the mining business and stepping away from from uh, from projects. How how sort of um, was the underlying growth rate uh, in 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 the business in in the quarter? And can you also comment on with Stepping away from this business, how, how much sort of would, would orders have been last year if you didn't sort of take businesses that were a bit more risky? Just to see sort of what kind of drag we have on, on, on orders into next year from, 
Uh, so I, uh, if I look at the, the continuing mining business, so we, we just got a significant order for Kazakhstan, which is kind of full flow seat of products, everything what we have. And, and uh, it meant that uh, we, are, we are delivering process technology to that particular site, but we don't do any civils or any of the, any of the extras. And, and in reality, we might lose bit of uh, empty revenues, depending on the site, 10-20% uh, 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 of the extras. But those extras are high risk and, and, and typically loss-making end of the day. So I don't believe that uh, we really lose business too much based on the approach, because we still deliver full flow seat. We give the process guarantee for the performance, but we are just pushing out everything what is not related to our core technology. So in that sense, I don't feel that we've lost uh, any, any orders as a result. We made a couple of conscious decisions uh, this year not to take few orders, and that was the overall risk assessment of the, of the customer uh, and the case as a whole. And, and, uh, and again, if we assess that, it's, uh, there's a potential that that case would become loss-making, uh, then we don't take it. So, but if I look at the, the market share development, I don't think it has, uh, we haven't lost any market share. We rather have gained market share in, in many of the product areas. So, and we are working better with the EPCMs, which is typically most of the capital projects. You have two interfaces, you have a customer and then EPCM, which is doing the project management. And, and uh, we work better with them because we don't step into each other's toes. Uh, so they are doing their bit and we are supplying process technologies. So I don't think we've lost any, any business. But area where we have not taken volume is are the non-core products. Even before closing of the TK deal, we be very selective and, and uh, made lots of no-bid decisions for the ports, ship loaders, unloaders because that's just a loss-making business, whatever orders you take in. So we actually stopped taking those orders to large extent already a year ago. It has not been visible because the market has been good, but we stopped that a long time ago already. I think maybe just to add a little granularity to your numbers, I understand the question. So, so if you look at the backlog that we are now moving to NCA, that's 3.6 billion uh, loss-making. And we're saying we're going to run that off over two to three years. So that's an average annual revenue of 1.2 to 1.5 billion. And maybe that gives a little bit of direction on what we forward-looking will not do. And that is absolutely, uh, that is absolutely as exactly as we wanted, because it's empty revenue and in certain instances uh, loss-making revenue that, as we, we, as we said in the beginning, is, is not strategically important for us. It, it's not boosting our service and aftermarket business. It's, it has significant execution risks assigned to it, and it has been loss-making. So, so that's, the, that's the level of you know, reduced MC revenue, if you will. Perfect. Now that's very clear. Thank, thank you so much for that. And we will take our next question from Rolot Churiansky with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Gentlemen, good morning. Thank you for taking my three questions. I assume uh, all of them are to roll in place. First, uh, you recognize about 1.8 billion of uh, goodwill in relation to GTA deal. 
and the total price paid was, was 2.1. That means that identifiable net assets, excluding cash and TK mining, were less than 300 million Danish krona. And tangible net assets actually close to zero on my calculation. So how, in, given that, how do you plan to pay back TK mining deal in four years? Given that, according to your own assessment, there are hardly any identifiable net assets, uh, are you planning uh, more than 100% return on those assets, or I'm missing something here? I think. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that question. We were we were actually trying to answer that one on the uh, on one of the slides that Miko brought, right? Because the way we see it, uh, we have a cash cash payment for for the business. Then we will have cash layout to uh, to take out the synergies. And then there will be some cash uh, uh, that has to be paid in, in the loss-making part of the uh, non-core business. And the benefits that we get from this business is the synergy takeout, and it's a, a service business and installed base that we can grow significantly, and also a few healthy products that will complement our uh, full uh, flow sheet offering in total. And that is basically making up the value uh, of why we did it. And in cash terms, we estimate that the payback of this acquisition will be, will be less than four years once it's fully synergized. That's how we look at it. Then there's a bit more accounting technical on how you put value on, on different assets and so on. So, uh, so I think that is the crunch of why we did it. Understood. Thank you for that. Uh, and if I can ask uh, on provisions in TK, I mean, based on your disclosure, there are 600 million of provisions sitting in there, which is somewhat higher compared to about 200 million provisions that Tison itself recently disclosed as related to their mining business. And basically, two questions here. First, have you used this purchase price allocation accounting to basically increase TK mining provisions without impacting the P&L, if that's what happened? And also, second related to that, are those provisions somehow linked to this 1.3 billion loss that you expect cumulatively in non-core? All those provisions are on top of this 1.3 loss. So, uh, so, so these provisions, uh, when, you, when you do the, uh, the PPA, you do a, a proper valuation of, of both your assets and your, and your liabilities. And... This first cut on the PPA includes provisions that we need in the projects as they look today, and uh, also estimated warranty provisions for uh, a normal uh, payout on, on warranties. That's what it includes. It does not include future losses. It does not include future losses. Understood. That's clear. And final one from me on, on financing, actually. Uh, obviously, you have an ambitious turnaround strategy ahead of you. Uh, fingers crossed it is successful. The question I have is how are you going to fund those costs related to this turnaround? Because on my numbers, you are likely to have cash flow headwinds from integration costs, losses in non-core, uh, provision utilization, as you mentioned, and likely working capital headwinds as you downsize the project business. Uh, and you already have uh, close to half of the, your credit facilities utilized. Uh, so what, where the funding is coming from, and what's the current cost of this funding? Maybe you will be able to share the interest course on your RCF right now. That's the final one from me. Thank you very much. Thank you for that, uh, Vlad. So as you can see, we have a leverage ratio of 0.7x out of the gate. 
which is not uh, which is not huge and in, in, uh, in any shape or form and and well within our capital capital uh, margin targets or leverage targets. So that's one thing. Second thing, we're actually converting almost 480 million DKK of EBDA to cash in our current operations. So uh, to the extent we will continue that next year, converting three, four, five hundred million DKK of cash every quarter, that will significantly fund uh, the, the journey. And then uh, leverage expectedly will go up along the way but not in, in any dramatic fashion, and we expect to stay within our uh, leverage, uh, 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 leverage uh, targets. That's great. Thank you for that. Any color on the interest costs right now for you or interest rates you're getting on the RCF included? Not, uh, we're not disclosing those. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and good luck. Thank you. Thanks. We will take our next question from Nick Houston with RPC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Yes, hi. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, my first one, um, you know, related to some of the earlier conversation um, about um, being more selective on the mining equipment orders that you're taking. Uh, can you give us um, any sense of how much higher? the average margin of the equipment orders that you're taking now compared to, say, the average order of the equipment orders that are in the backlog, please? So, so uh, we've seen uh, some percentage points improvement in order intake margin, but the bigger thing is that we are not losing the margin in execution. So the issue in the past has been that even with a decent order intake margin, uh, we've been uh, losing revenue profitability with the cost overruns and with the risk. So uh, basically the quality of the order intake and order intake uh, margin is much better. So it's, it's up a bit. So we are improving there. But at the same time, we believe that we can actually execute on that margin. That has been the bigger issue than order intake margin, if, if I look back to yes. Okay, thanks. That's, that's very clear. Um, and then uh, looking at uh, cash flows, that looks like a, a very strong number uh, in the third quarter, but that's almost um, unusual, I guess, given what we've been seeing from, from some of the peer groups so far uh, this reporting season where cash flow has been you know, weak because of uh, working capital build and then currency and inflation effects on top of that. So I guess... Um, yeah, what would be uh, quite helpful is if you could maybe give us some thoughts on how we should be modeling this going forward. Um, and just in terms of the balance um, between building uh, networking capital so that you can actually deliver on the large order backlog that you've got, uh, and then the extent to which um, you know, backlog conversion and you know, rising margins and payment collection will be offsetting this. Thanks. So just briefly on on, uh, on our cash flow. So as, as some of you will recall, we received a lot of prepayments uh, on a few large orders, Q4 last year. And uh, those prepayments we've actually spent in, in, in H1. Uh, so that's one thing. A second thing is like, like uh, uh, as you say, other players in the industry, we have built off inventories during uh, the first half to safeguard or secure our ability to deliver regionally to the customers especially in our service business, but also in the capital products. And uh, that we succeeded with, that is actually one of the benefits you see in Q3 with the huge order intake or that, we, that we have seen. That is because we have built that up. 
that is now uh, that is now being uh, being steered a bit more firmly. So we don't expect the inventories to increase so uh, so significant anymore. Prepayments have been to a certain extent spent, and we are now starting to to clear work in progress and so on. So expectedly, uh, our working capital will not uh, deteriorate as we saw it in, in, in H1. And, and moving forward, you know, you would expect a working capital level of 10, 11% of revenue. It, and that's, that's, that's uh, for the next year or so. Moving forward, if, uh, if we get an even higher share of service, you would expect uh, working capital to go a notch higher because receivables and inventory is a more a significant part of the service business than it has been of, of the capital business. So for the next uh, three, four, five quarters, uh, 10 to 11 percent of revenue plus minus. And then on the longer run, uh, if we build up uh, the service business more significantly than we have to do as a ratio of revenue, it could go slightly higher. Okay, thanks. That's, that's very helpful. And then uh, just finally, on the, um, you know, you have the slide on the high-pressure grinding roles, and quite a few of um, your rivals are, are talking about this as uh, being quite an attractive market to be in as well. So I guess um, uh, two just quick ones on the back of that. Uh, firstly, um, it, it, how quickly do you see this market growing? And then secondly, um, what share of your uh, service orders or, or revenues are related to, to this business? Thanks. So, so we, we see steady, continued growth in that market. But as I said, it's not, uh, there's not going to be a revolution in the mining market. And I think uh, that that's not going to happen. It, it has been around for, for, for kind of uh, 15, uh, 20 years. And it has been used in certain applications. But uh, there are also applications that is less suitable. So that's why I was talking about full flow sheet of capabilities, having everything what you need possibly need to have. So uh, uh, regarding the, the service share, uh, we don't give out uh, the, uh, the numbers for the individual product lines, but service share of this one is very high. And, and I mentioned that it's especially high in hard rock applications. And that's why I was talking about copper and gold. Because, of course, the harder the rock, the more wearing it is for the rolls and for the piece of equipment and the higher the aftermarket. And, and that's why we are proud that we are, we are kind of dominating that part of the market. Uh, but uh, we, we try to give maybe some more color on the, on, the, on the product line than in the capital market day. But at, at this point, uh, we are aligning to uh, group reporting uh, with our product line reporting, and, and, uh, but it's, it's very aftermarket-driven product, especially in, in hard rock. And we believe that, that uh, our kind of leading position in the market in terms of install base and, and, and new units sold, I think we can leverage that one. Great. Thanks very much. And once again, as a reminder to ask a question, that is star and one on your touchstone phone. Again, that's star and one. And we'll go next to Klaus Almer with Nordia. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Yeah, I'll first start off with a clarification a question. Uh, did you say, uh, Roland, or was Miko, that uh, the margins taken in today is a two percentage point higher than this underlying 12% you, you delivered in Q3? That will be the first. Uh, 
I was talking more the top line margin uh, for the uh, product margin, basically order intake margin rather than, than um, EBITDA margin. So top line margin is improving a bit on capital side, a lot in service side. And, and, uh, but then the quality of the, the order intake is better. What, what I meant that basically if we get the order intake at the as sold margin, we are expecting that as executed margin will be same. The issue in the past has been that because of the risk, uh, high risk exposure, we've been losing too much of that uh, margin between order intake and execution. So uh, capital uh, order intake margin is much better quality than before. So meaning that, that uh, then it will turn, turn better into, into, into EBITDA and then revenue as well. Okay, then more down that road, uh, could you talk about the uh, pricing power uh, in general between service and capital orders? What do you see both in cement and mining? So uh, we've been able to, if I start from mining, so the, we've been able to improve in service order intake, top line product margin uh, a fair bit. And that has been on back of the good supply chain. So if, if the availability and service level is good to the customers, they will accept higher prices. So we've been able to do inflation plus increases to, to service. And, and uh, then on, on the capital side, it has been also been inflation plus, but uh, over the less margin. But on the capital, the quality of the uh, order intake is better. But then in, in cement, we've been also improving, we've been improving both uh, in capital and service, also the order intake margin. And that is partially now coming through uh, in, 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 in cement result that uh, both in service and capital, it has been above inflation. Okay, then my, my second question goes to this non-core segment. I'm just trying to figure out how much profitability will improve once uh, exited or divested. I know you said accumulated the value is 1.2 billion. That is uh, one-off cost, but I guess it's also provisions for, for future uh, losses. So what is actually the underlying uh, EBIT improvement per year? Yeah, so uh, so that's, that's a good question, Klaus, right? Uh, it, this is a very volatile business. But <clears throat> if you look at, uh, for instance, Q4, so in Q4, uh, 500 million uh, of revenue and 400 million of losses, whereof 300 is of one of nature. So that indicates a, a 20% loss. That's a good uh, guideline for the whole thing. So underlying loss of 15, 20, 25%. And then we will have a one-off cost of winding the whole thing down. Sure. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks. That's all for me. And we'll take a follow-up from Magnus Kruger with UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, thank you so much for taking the follow-up. Actually, it was on the, on the same topic there. Could you, could you expand a little bit on uh, what the margin is on the non-core legacy Everschmidt mining business? Is it comparable to the 20% that you just mentioned? I think there the issue is that uh, the, the erosion. So if I look at the order intake margins for that part of the business, it's... Uh, is, is, uh, it's a bit like a made-up number because there's so much risk in that business that uh, that if, if I look at look back the order intake margin and then ex executed margin they are they are kind of uh, miles apart. So 
reliability of that number is, is not uh, so if, if I look at the order intake margin, maybe it has been somewhat in line with the rest of the capital business, but uh, in, in, in my opinion, it's, it's a bit of an immaterial number because of the, the risk in that part of the business. So it's not reliable uh, comparison. Okay, but realize this sure will lead to negative as well, I guess. So, so in, the, in that non-core segment, everything is, is uh, more or less loss-making if we consolidate the numbers by product lines. Okay, got it. And then I want to check if you could say anything about the invoicing patterns in TK through the third quarter. Was it sort of back-end loaded or fairly even in the quarter? Or, or how did the orders and invoicing develop year over year in sort of full Q3, if you do have that for the TK asset? Yeah, so so uh, I, th I think the invoicing in TK uh, happened uh, relatively even. Now we've only had them for, for one month, right? But the order intake was about the same level as... Uh, as uh, as revenue and also uh, we actually generated positive uh, cash flow from operations so collections were were relatively uh, uh, better better than we had expected so so invoicing on the service business is is going on a, on a regular basis on the projects business or the NC, the nca part of the business uh, it's driven by by milestones so I think this, this is not for, for a lot of use for you, but, but more than half of their business is, is now service. So that's a regular invoicing, but the other stuff is more milestone driven. Perfect. You just answered my final one. So thanks so much for that. And there are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to the speakers for any closing remarks. Thank you for, for your time and interest for, for FL Smith. Uh, I think, uh, Roland, it's fair to say that we are proud of the quarter. Uh, I think there are signs that uh, demonstrate the future potential of the company, but we still have uh, a lot of work to do to restructure the company and uplift the performance. So uh, thank you for being with us on this journey, but uh, we just uh, press on as, as presented earlier. Thank you very much for your time.